mamacita Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Man. Can't remember the name of our podcast. I don't know why I went with Find Your Man. It's a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazzo, and I'm joined this evening, as always, by unprofessional reindeer, Paul Giroux. Seasons greetings, everyone. Seasons greetings, Chris. Seasons greetings, Sean. Happy March. (laughs) And Santa's skull crusher, Sean Doyle. You know I gotta look. This month's letter was V, and we went with Sean's pick, Violent Night. Did it pull our heartstrings the way a good holiday movie should? Let's find out. But first, how the heck is everyone doing? Yeah, you, you go, Sean. You go. You go first. So, I'm doing good. Doing good. And the most interesting thing that happened to me has it kind of fits into how I watch this movie. So I'm just going to knock them both out at once. So how I watched this movie was on a plane coming back from Ireland. And about that, I have to say this. One, I'm doing great because I just got back from Ireland and I love being in Ireland. I went with my family. It was a great time. We saw the Book of Kells and the Cliffs of Moher and drank a bunch of Guinness. And it's wonderful. Had a great time. Then I watched this movie on the plane ride home. And my number one thought about that is, I think maybe they should be more careful with what movies they put on planes. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here watching this movie, and it's pretty violent, what with the name and all. And there's just like, every now and then, like a little kid runs by. I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope you didn't see anything. And then that one scene where, like, I thought they were going to take the guy's dick out and put it in the thing's <laughs> mouth. I was like, I'm going to have to turn this off and just watch this at home. This isn't going to fly. And, and, you know, they pulled back. They didn't do it. But then that really got me thinking, I don't, I think planes got to use a little bit more discretion here, you know? Like, maybe, maybe keep it PG-13 on the planes. I don't know. Well, I haven't been on a plane in a while. Like, how, how big's the screen? Like, what are you watching it on? I, I, was, just, I was just about to ask that. And is there... Is there like a bunch of different options, right? Like in the before time, the long, long ago, it was like, here's your in-flight movie. Like, I can't imagine that's how it is now. Oh, no, there was at least 100 movies, I'd say, uh, to pick from uh, and probably like 50 TV shows. Um, Hmm. It's weird with the TV shows, they'll have like two episodes. So like they had two random Futurama episodes. So all right, great. I like Futurama. Uh, So like a lot of TV shows will have like one or two episodes. I think it's like, you know, First dose is free. Get you addicted. But the movies, they must have had 100 different movies. Uh, the screen's not real big, but I had an aisle seat, and I was up uh, in this seat that had extra leg room because I was sitting with my little sister who has a baby. So they've got, like, this bassinet that hooks to a wall if you're, like, right behind first class. Like, first class ends is that curtain to keep the, the peasants out, right? <laughs> so once you're you're back in the peasant zone, on the wall that separates first class from the the rest of us um they got this thing that like attaches to the wall for you to put uh infants in it's like a little i'm calling it a bassinet crib i don't know what it is right so baby holster it's a baby holster infant corral yeah Yeah, baby cage so (laughs) that baby cage uh seat you've got to like order you've got to like say ahead of time hey i got a baby and then they put you there so I need to check I was my in baby. That aisle. I gotta check my baby. So like there was some extra distance between me and the screen, which only increased the angle that other people could see, you know? Like if I was in and I was on the aisle. Like if I was on a regular row with no leg room and I was against the window, I guess it'd be okay. I guess. But 
I don't know. We could probably just rope it in a little bit. Like, they don't have porn on there. Why? Because obvious, right? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I enjoyed watching it, but... I was going to say, because you didn't find it? <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed watching this movie on the plane, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know. Something to think about. Pan Am, or... Are they still around? <laughs> They're gone, aren't they? <laughs> whoever, United, Southwest, whoever you are. Yeah, sure. So yeah, that that's what I got. Yeah, I I I don't have um, I don't have exciting things like plane rides or trips to Ireland. Uh, that sounds awesome. I was was I was following along with the Facebook pictures. Um, I do have a really funny story, and this wasn't something that I like prepared for tonight like this is something that literally happened like an hour ago like like when i got home from work or i guess like an hour and a half ago um so we're all we're all sitting at the dinner table and we're talking about our day and uh nate um so nate has been obsessed with genealogy recently um he he saw this whole family tree thing that my dad made and um because of that, he wanted to get Ancestry.com, and my parents did it for us as a Christmas present because he's been talking about it so much. And, like, I literally haven't touched it. I mean, I touched it a little bit, but, like, he has gone on there and built whole family trees for us, and it's crazy. Like, I wasn't ready for my kid to have this kind of relationship with the Internet, and this is what he's doing. He's like online doing genealogy research and building family trees. So he tells us today that we are related to Madonna. He's like, he's like, we're like distant cousins with Madonna. And I was like, all right, dude, (laughs) like, I don't know where you're getting your information from. And I don't know what you're doing on the internet, but like, I don't think this is true. And he's like, yeah, I went to this website. It was like, and the website is about trying to like, track like trace you to a famous person so like mm-hmm. i'm not quite sure how this website works or whatever but he's like yeah i'm gonna show you after dinner and so like sure enough he like took me in the room he opened his computer and like he literally could show me where on our family tree it connects all the way back and then he's like that person had this person and had this person and had this person and like there's madonna right there and i was like yeah i can't I can't argue with your research, dude. Like, looks like we're related to Madonna. And then he pulls up another page. He's like, you ever seen Stranger Things? And I was like, yes, I've seen Stranger Things. He's like, you know this guy, Joe Keery? He's like, we're related to him. (laughs) So, like, he proceeds to show. Which one's Joe Keery? He's uh, Steve Harrington. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, he proceeds to show me how we're related to him. I'm like, all right, cool. So then he goes... Yeah, so because we're re- related to Madonna, I'm going to do my class project on Madonna. And I was like, mm. what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, it's Women's History Month, and we had to pick a famous woman, and I'm going to do Madonna. And I was like, oh, cool, could you tell me a little more about this? He's like, yeah, the teacher had a whole list of people that you could choose from, but you could also choose from people not on the list. He's like, I went first. And I raised my hand and went, I'm going to do my report on Madonna. And the teacher went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> that's my uh that's my story <laughs> apparently apparently nate's doing a class project on madonna and i don't know i bet there's been a lot of reports on madonna but i bet his is going to be the most respectful <laughs> did you guys watch um history of the world part two? Oh, oh yeah, yeah i didn't realize it was out i did it just reminded me of concestry.com <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was... it's an it's a basically ancestry dot com, but to find out how you're related to Genghis or Kublai, <laughs> and uh, and Ronnie Chang plays Kublai and is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was. I still haven't seen the last episode yet, uh, but I oh, it's I've, episodes. I thought it was a movie. I thought they did a. I honestly think it should have been a movie. I think I think like... it was better as episodes. It's um each night. It was a four night thing and each night they put out two episodes so it's like a it's an eight episode thing i didn't think there was enough genuinely good stuff to warrant that many episodes i'd say like there was probably enough absolutely hilarious stuff to fill a movie and like i really enjoyed a lot of it but there was also a lot of it with just kind of okay like I don't think we're in Dracula dead and loving it territory, mm. but it's it. I think this would have been so 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 much better had it been edited down a lot. Mm. Like it, it kind of felt like an episode of Saturday Night Live where it's like, all right, I got the joke, yeah. but then like the joke keeps coming back, and it's like, all right, this this jackass thing was really funny the first time, and like, but then there was like three more of them. See. I was about to say that was my favorite thing. That jackrasp thing was my favorite thing. The whole I thought that was brilliant the first time, and then like the other ones were funny, but like you've already told that joke. Like there's other there's there's other stuff to do. Like come on, come on, tighten it up. I think that's why it was funny though. I think it was funny because it kept coming back, and I think it also kept coming back because that was the whole thing with Rasputin was they tried to kill him like eight different times. Okay, I think they, I guess I didn't get that part of the joke. All right, I'll, they, I'll I'll concede that they were trying to make a joke that was funny because it kept coming back. Okay, see, I didn't I didn't get it on that level. I didn't think about that. I haven't seen this yet, but you're talking about Rasputin. I'm pretty sure they they had to kill him like seven or eight times. I think they like that guy was like shot, stabbed, poisoned, <laughs> chased by dogs into the Russian wilderness, drowned. And then eventually, I think he succumbed to like exposure. So, do, do you, is no joke. Do you want us to ruin the joke for you? Uh, you can. It's fine. I'll, I'll probably forget by the time I watch it. Johnny Knoxville plays Rasputin, so it's like a, a jackass thing, but they're trying to kill Rasputin. Right, right. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it made me laugh hysterically the first time, and I didn't really get the whole having to do it multiple times thing so i was like oh but we did this already i want more of i don't know i want more new stuff i mean i i was so totally sold after the first episode because they did hitler on ice and it was everything that i hoped it would be <laughs> it was just i was dying at hitler on ice so i liked it um overall i'm really looking forward to the last episode i heard the last episode was really really good so I do I do stick to my guns that I do think it it should have been shorter. I think it should have been a movie. Uh but you know, if this is what Mel Brooks goes out on, you could go out in a hell of a lot worse ways than this. I think it's impressive that it got made at all. And like Agreed. I 
I kind of look at it and I'm like, what a, I I don't know, like Mel Brooks must feel so privileged that he got to make this thing because like we, we then watched. So I think while we were in the middle of the watch for history of the world part two, we were like, let's, let's watch history of the world part one. Um, which, you know, was funny, but like, it definitely was funny for, uh, earlier audience and there was some slow things that we sort of struggled with but like as i'm watching it i'm like madeline khan dead dom deloise dead cloris leachman dead like all these people are dead you know like mel brooks kind of got to outlive everybody and like and like do this thing one more time i thought that was pretty cool cloris leachman's dead Uh uh-huh i didn't know that one Thanks for bringing me down, Paul. Yeah, that's what I do, man. I, I research who's dead, and then I tell you about it and ruin your day. <laughs> well, I guess the story that I have to tell is arguably the most interesting of all. Uh, Paul has wanted me to watch the Fast and Furious movies for quite some time. <laughs> and I have never been interested in watching the Fast and Furious movies. But Paul presented me with an option to watch these movies that was so ridiculous that I could not say no, because I love ridiculous movie-watching things. If I watch 15 minutes a day, then I'll get through all of the movies before Fast X, or Fast 10, or whatever it is. Um, so I decided to start doing that, and I've been living my life 15 minutes at a time. Uh, 15 very fast minutes at a time. <laughs> very fast very furious minutes at a time. I, th- I think I think the I think the tagline we're going with this is you living your life a quarter mile at a time because <laughs> all of us live our lives fifteen minutes at a time. Like that's how time works. So I think <laughs> I think you. Well, live yes, your- that's that that's the line from the movie, right? A quarter mile at a time. Uh, these movies are really something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm four movies in. All right, I just finished the fourth movie today. Um, my access to the movies was thrown off a little bit because so I'm not. It was thrown off a little bit because the Plex server I usually use was down because Evan moved. But um, I got ahead of the game because I don't I don't watch exactly 15 minutes. I'll watch up to the 15 minute mark and then finish whatever scene I'm in. So that kind of put me ahead a little bit. But I did watch the short films and all the movies up to this point, and it is it has certainly been an experience. Um, Paul, Paul, what do you want to know? What, I, what do you, what do you want to know? I I I love that you're doing this. I I love that I was able to talk you into this. Um, I love that we correspond about it almost every morning on that joint text between all of us that everyone else seems to just ignore our Fast and the Furious nonsense. Um. I want to when when you're further through this watch, I want to print out all these texts and like publish it as a thing because it is so funny. Like I read them to people sometimes and like everyone's like, oh, my God, like you should like this should be this this should be like a blog or something like that. So you should see the discord chat, Paul, if you think (laughs) our texts are funny. (laughs) I have a so on the Stone Age Gamer discord. Because I talked about this on the Stone Age Gamer podcast a little bit, and a couple of our listeners were like, "This sounds great, I'm in." <laughs> so <laughs> there's a, it's it's pretty like I I I there's a lot more of the conversation with these. Uh, it's me and uh, looks like two other guys total who are in. Nope, there's three. There's it's me and three other guys, four other guys, right? Uh, 
uh, me and uh, 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 sorry, Discord users Chronodin, Genix, Tiny Matt, and Duroc Pig are all involved in this uh, chat. I think all four of them are watching. I know for sure Genix and uh, Duroc Pig are. Uh, sorry, Chronodin, because uh, Chronodin let me jump in on his server uh, when Evan's server went down so that I could continue watching. And we timestamp every day of like where we left off. And uh, we're, we're all watching at about the same time, so we're all kind of like floating around in the same arena. Uh, Genix has seen, he's, he knew the first movie like the back of his hand, but he's seen the rest of them like once. So it's been, that's, that's been very fun. Um, and since I'm terrible at names, I have like uh, the main, Vin Diesel is Groot. Um, uh, what's her name? Michelle Rodriguez is Grumpy Pants. <laughs> And uh, I feel like that's kind of mean to call her grumpy pants. I think that's just the way her face looks. Like, <laughs> yeah, but she's so grumpy all the time, especially in the first movie. She was way like more chill in the fourth movie, which is the second one that she's in. But in the first movie, she was just angry all the time. She's just baseline. What? What? That was her baseline the entire time. Uh, all right. Okay. I'll, that's fair. I'll give you that. Um. Yeah, be be patient with her. It's it's gonna get worse, and then it's gonna get better. Um, well, yeah, uh, because she's dead right now, but she's not. Shh. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. Yeah, and I cannot wait. I'm I've it's been teased in the Discord tr- group that uh, I think the way it was put was that the way she's brought back from the dead would put a uh, um a soap opera. It would make a soap opera blush. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. I'm so excited. They're yeah. they're getting Tell me they use a car battery. <laughs> I was hoping that it was going to be like literally brought back from the dead. I'd have to assume that given the degree and it's a very shaky degree that these movies are based in reality, so she's not actually going to be resurrected. Like she just didn't actually die somehow, which I'm very much looking forward to learning about. But I was really hoping that they were going to get into the occult. So, so listen, this is, I think this is a good opportunity for me to explain a thing about these movies without ruining anything. Um, and about how retconning things into these stories is pretty commonplace for these movies. Um, well, the first three movies are so disjointed. The fact that they're going for any sense of continuity at all is impressive. So, um, so. What I think is almost as fascinating as watching these movies, because I like, I think the movies are fascinating. Like, like I, I sometimes I get an itch to watch these things, and I'm like, I just want to watch cars go fast, and I want to watch people do ridiculous things. And like the way that Marvel movies come out three or four a year, if Fast and Furious movies came out three or four a year, I would not be disappointed. Like I would, I would watch every single one of them. Right. Um, uh, but I think I think it's a like I think the thing that's almost as interesting as the movies is like the stories behind the movies. Like if when all these are over and they've done Fast X and I guess Fast 11 or whatever they're going to call it, that's going to wrap up the whole thing, assuming it does wrap up. Um, if somebody fastest could, and furious, <laughs> fastest and furious assist. Um, yeah, I would. I, if there was like a 
like a 10 part Netflix documentary about the making of each one. Like I would, I would totally watch it. Cause I feel like the things that I've read and heard and understood are bonkers. So you're, you're, you just finished four. You're like, you're 40% of the way so far. Right. Um, so, uh, so like the first movie, it's like a perfectly enjoyable little movie, right? Like it's it's it like for all intents and purposes, it 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 was almost like an indie flick, you know? Like the the it was it, like it was more about the acting than the cars, I think. The the like the the camera work is all sort of like saturated and washed out a little bit. Like it it literally kind of looks like a a gritty indie film and it's basically like point break with race cars like that is exactly what you think that it like that was the first movie was exactly the movie i thought it was it was there was it was relatively grounded in a degree of absurd aggressive reality similar it was like i i likened it to pitch perfect except instead of acapella it's cars it's like takes place in this world that's like reality adjacent (laughs) where just everything is based on the life of racing cars and it was quite fascinating yeah so vin and his boys race cars and they boost dvd players and stereos and paul walker (laughs) is an undercover cop a real serious crime yeah and he's trying to (laughs) infiltrate this ring right it's 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 point break but instead of surfing it's racing you know um so uh you know like this movie uh like I don't know that it warranted a sequel but like it was very popular and so God of course, damn it Red warranted a sequel it didn't end it just fucking stopped <laughs> <laughs> I think it I think it had an ending I think it had an ending enough um anyway like, all right we're going to do this race we're going to go all right credits so the they, fuck <laughs> so you know, it does well so enough mad. that they're like, all right, we're going to make another one, right? And, like, when they go to make the second one, Vin Diesel is working on Riddick or Triple X or some other, like, franchise thing that he's doing, right? And he's like, I'm not available for this movie. So they literally make the same movie that they plan to make, and they just put a different guy in it instead of Vin Diesel. Like, it's literally the same script as it would have been if Vin Diesel had been in it, but they put Tyrese Gibson in it and they like wrote a small scene. That's like, Hey, this is how these two guys know each other. You know, like that was it, you know? Um, and like, it is was Tyrese going to come back at some point. Uh, I'm kind of wondering where the cast of the second movie is. Do you, minus Paul Walker. Do, do you want me to tell you? No, no, it's fine. Okay. Um, it's yeah. just, that's a question that keeps popping up, especially with, with having just seen the fourth one where they did some tie-ins to the seemingly completely unrelated third one until, like, the last couple of seconds. And, so, uh... So, uh, so... Alright, so let me get through my little spiel here. Um, this, this will help you... This will help answer some questions, okay? So, um... So they make the second movie, right? Which is very much... They're just very much, like, sequel type sequel, right? Um... So, uh... Not as good as the first one, but, again, does well enough that they're like, let's make a third one. This third movie... Like, it should have been the final nail in the coffin. It should have been, like, like it was almost like a direct-to-DVD kind of sequel. It had none of the original cast in it. 
Um, I think they wanted Vin Diesel to be in it. And like the idea was like, oh, he's going to have to go to Tokyo for some reason. And they're, they race cars differently there. And like, he's going to have to learn this other kind of racing and stuff like that. Right. Um, again, Vin Diesel was busy with something else, probably whichever other movie he was doing that wasn't the first time around. Um, and so he, he, he's like, I'm not going to do it. So they're like, yeah, the people that seem to be watching this are teenagers. Let's make this guy a teenager, you know? And they kind of make this, this like teen, you know, this teen movie about racing cars in Tokyo, right? So then they. Sorry, just, I can't stop thinking about the. My jaw hit the floor when they said that these guys were in high school <laughs> because. None of these people looked vaguely high schooler-ish. I mean, the main potato guy was like at least 30. And like Should I try to tell you something about that those three guys and about the future and see if you believe me or not? Yes. All right. Well, you know what? You can't do that because it doesn't matter how outlandish you make it, I'm gonna believe that it's possible. Would you believe after watching the car foo? That they were pulling up, like there were speed le- speed racer levels of car foo being done in the fourth movie, and all I've heard is that it gets even more ridiculous from here. Would you? Right, be- what what would do you got? You, would you believe me if I told you those three guys from Tokyo Drift, the potato guy, uh, Twinkie, and um, did he like make up with the the guy he was racing against? I don't think so. I know he if I remember correctly, he was still pretty pissed at the end because like his yeah, his dad was all was was there another Asian guy in their crew like in Tokyo? There was oh God, I can't remember. I know there was him. There was Han. There was the potato. There was Han. There was the girl that was like in between. And then there was like fake Yakuza guy whose dad was real Yakuza guy. And, like, this dude was just pissed off about everything all the time. But then, like, he had a cohort, but I think the cohort died in a car crash. But I don't know. I didn't see a body, and nobody's dead unless you see a body. Would you believe me if I told you the potato guy, Twinkie, and fake Yakuza guy come back in the ninth one, and they're rocket scientists? And they're rocket scientists? (laughs) I would definitely believe that. Oh, that sounds amazing. I know potato guy comes back, because I... I couldn't figure out where I knew him from, so I looked him up on IMDb, and I saw that he was in a later movie. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, all right." So, 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 uh, so they make this Tokyo Drift movie, right? <laughs> it like it, it, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have had any traction. They were basically like, <laughs> "We can't." <laughs> I know you didn't do that on purpose, but a movie about drifting shouldn't have had any traction. Come on. Uh, I'm coming up with these and I don't even know it. Um, Yeah. So, so I keep derailing you. Go ahead. They're like, they're like, this won't, this won't do any good unless we can find a way to tie it into the other movies. And so they pay Vin Diesel a huge sum of money to come back and just make a cameo at the end of this movie. And this is how it all starts. Because the guy that directed Tokyo Drift, his name is Justin Lin. He is like the architect for these movies. Like he directed three, four, five, six, and then nine, which is another, which is another story. But anyway, he, he, so 
while he's directing three, the day that Vin Diesel is on set, he sits down with Vin Diesel and says, I think this can be your franchise movie. And like, I have this idea to make this, this huge sweeping adventure thing with all these moving parts. And Vin Diesel's like, boom, I'm in. So that's why number four seems like a weird reset that like they sort of try to tie in the stuff from one. They have all the original casts, but then there's all these weird things where like Paul Walker's now an FBI agent. Like none of that makes sense, but it's because Justin Lin is trying to bridge this gap. Right. Um, This is fascinating to me because I'm not picking up on any it doesn't feel out of place to me at all. It doesn't feel disjointed in the least. It just feels like, all right, we had the first three episodes, and now it's time for episode four. We're going to bring everybody else back, and let's see how this all fits together. Like, honest to goodness, if you didn't tell me this, I would think that it was kind of like the plan all along. It doesn't feel out of place to me. So the other thing about, the other thing that makes this crazy pants is that um, after they finished three, I think Justin Lin was doing some press thing for some other movie and he had people with him that were sort of planning for like producer folks and stuff like that. And they go to this, they stop at a convenience store on their way to whatever the stop is and they all get out of the car and it's him and it's the guy that plays Han. And all these kids rush up to the guy that plays Han. And they're like, it's Han! You know, and they start, like, wanting him to sign stuff. And they're like, it's Han from Tokyo Drift. Oh, my God, it's Han, right? And, like, Justin Lin looks at the other producer guy and he's like, it's too bad we can't put Han in this next movie because we killed him off. And the other guy's like, why can't we? I didn't see a body. (laughs) So that is why... Han is in Ampersand, and he will also be in upcoming movies. So the I like what they keep they keep teasing that he's going to go to Tokyo because you know in Tokyo Drift he dies, but they won't tell you when that movie is going to happen until that they they decide to make it happen. So like you know Tokyo Drift is is a like Tokyo Drift comes out before it happens sequentially in the timeline. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> because like that's you know just looks like the beginning of the fourth movie it was a flashback before that one. But again, I didn't see Han die. I saw him upside down in a car. That's not dead. I didn't see a dead body. I didn't see a grave. You know. I didn't see him. I didn't see the the life drain from his eyes, and that is how you know someone's dead in a movie. Well, they like to they like to retcon what happened with previous movies, and it will only get more bonkers from here on out. Um, I'm so excited about it. You're about to start five. Five is, I think, the best one. Um, you're going to see how it's going to tie a lot of things together between one through four. And now that you're about to start five, you know, like next time we all talk, you will have watched five, six, seven, maybe eight, at least part of eight, probably maybe all of eight. You will be a different person by then. Like, <laughs> w- like when we talk next, you will be a, you will not be the same person that you are now. <laughs> before and after moment. Well, before and after series of moments. I mean, I can't say that I'm not entertained because I definitely am. 
they've been fascinating and very fun movies so far. I mean, Tokyo Drift was definitely the weakest out of the ones that I've seen so far, like, without a doubt, but the racing was pretty fun. I guess, uh, I don't think drifting is as interesting to watch as the other ridiculous stuff, but I mean, like, man, once you start four and they're just that silly little, uh, indie flick that the, the, the short that takes place in between was, uh, was really quite special. Um, but the, uh, the, just the ridiculous over-the-top stunts, like right in the beginning of four, when the the truck is rolling towards him, and and Groot's just like, oh, "I got this," and he times it perfectly to just drive the car underneath the hurling <laughs> big rig that's exploding towards him. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. It was absolutely insane, uh, and, and very fun. Uh, and 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 watching it in these fifteen minute bursts has also been pr- pretty entertaining, uh, especially like to have these conversations going along with us the entire time. Of just like, all right, here's here's the things here's the things that are happening to me that I'm inter- that that I'm interested in, and having everyone else chime in. Um, right, at the thing that we were all conversing about today was like, I was confused at the end of the the movie when they sent Groot to jail for. Like, well, I know you helped get this guy, right? You helped get this big criminal guy. You got an FBI guy that's, like, vouching for you. But, I don't know, your crimes were pretty bad, so I got no choice to do maximum sentence, 25 to life. And I'm like, for what? What was the charge? What's he going to jail for? Like, he's never killed anyone except for the one dude he just crushed with his car, which was a total self-defense situation. The guy had a freaking gun ready to straight up execute Paul Walker. And so he stopped him. Like, there's no way you're going to jail jail 25 to life for that. So the only other crime that could possibly be is stealing all those DVD players from the first movie. Is that a 25 to life crime? I don't know. I think it was, I think it was about the DVD players. Piracy is not a victimless crime, Chris. <laughs> People are hurt by this every day. That FBI warning in the beginning is of of DVDs is no joke. They mean it. Did did <sighs> this one have an end credit sequence? No. So far, the only one that's had an end credit uh, post credit scene was the first one where Groot wound up in Mexico. Did so? How did this one end? Did he 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 went into jail, or was there more? He was heading towards jail, and then uh, Groot's sister and Paul Walker and I think somebody else started to like surround the truck. Right. And then they rolled the credits. Right. Right. Okay. I could. I couldn't remember. <laughs> because if God that forbid was... they fucking end the movie. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was like a, a mid-credit thing or if that's how the movie ended. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that was that was the end, and then I sat through the credits. Like, are they gonna? We got to see something or I just got to wait till the next movie for this. Okay, fine. Yeah. Whatever. The, the next two at least will have mid credit sequences. Um, yeah. Be ready for that. Well, they have been, they have been an experience and I'm, I'm glad I'm on this ride. Uh, it has occasionally been like difficult to stop at the, at the 15 minute mark and be like, all right, well I have work to do. I should stop but I kind of want to see what's around the next corner. Like I want to know what's going to happen next. It's, it's so funny. Cause if you're enjoying it now, it's only, it's only going to get better. Like I think I, I feel like the first four, not that they're not enjoyable, but like 
I feel like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. All right. This is a movie. All right. You know, and then I like right about the point that you are now is when I start being like, oh, okay. And then it it just, it, it doesn't stop. Um, well, they hadn't really figured out what they were yet. Cause the yeah. first one's dead fucking serious. And it, the first one is like, no, we mean every word we're saying. And then like, they kind of sort of killed off one of the main characters off camera. The movie doesn't really end. It just kind of fucking stops. It was ridiculous. And then the second one was like, like you said, just kind of sequel was more of the same uh, with some fun, ridiculous jumping cars off of roads to land on other roads. Uh, not, you know, just suspending your disbelief. And then the third one was just like, what the hell were they thinking other than like, all right, drifting's neat. We need to make a movie about this. And how do we tie it into Fast and the Furious? And then the fourth one's just like, all right, well, if we're going to keep making these, we better start tying this shit together. So, yeah, they've, yeah. they've been a good time. I, w- I would never tell anyone to skip right to the fifth one because I think you don't have the appreciation without seeing what came before it, but... Oh, no, I agree. Uh, I'm thrilled with the order I'm watching them in. Even if I was just watching them straight up, I would watch them in this order. Like, there's a definite there is a definite evolution happening here. Like I wouldn't want to watch Tokyo drift where it takes place chronologically because it just, it makes that flashback scene in the beginning of four with Han seem, I don't know. It was cool to see, Oh, so this is kind of like how they were connected. That's kind of neat. And then, you know, yeah. Oh no, Miss Grumpy Pants is dead. And really? You- really? You're going to kill a main character off camera. <laughs> Like with nothing, right? Yeah, I totally buy that she's dead. And, and <laughs> if you watch, no question. If, if you watch them all chronologically, you, you know, you watch all the weird technology that happens, and then you watch Tokyo Drift, and you're like, why are they all got flip phones? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kept thinking about a uh, um, what was it? Uh, the Mystery Science Theater, Big McLarge, huge. Uh, Space Mutiny. Space Mutiny. Like, the whole time I'm watching that movie, because I just keep remembering the episode, this is my daughter, we're about the same age. That just kept coming up the entire time I'm looking at this, like, that guy's not in high school? What are you talking about? Sean, it's it's not too late for you. I know, I I know. Hearing you guys talk, I, I feel like I'd probably really enjoy the later ones that I should probably sit and try to catch up I I through the first couple i think you need to make this a priority sean i could put I you on a different i could put you on a different path than chris like it could be <laughs> a like different regimen yeah we'll you on a 25 day. minute program <laughs> <laughs> for just 30 minutes a day you can <laughs> for just the price of a cup of coffee you too can help vin diesel <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Was it you who said that they should like tie this into Triple X somehow? Like, I haven't watched Triple X yet. I've never seen Triple X either, but somebody I was talking to somebody who said, you know, after Fast X, they should do Fast XX. And then after that, they should do Fast XXX, where we find out that Finn Diesel's character of Triple X and whatever he is in these movies is the same guy. So I only saw Triple X like one time a long time ago, like in the theater or something. But it, if memory serves, he's basically, he's a criminal. And I think Samuel Jackson comes and gets him and he's like, I need you to, you know, be a good guy now. So that would make sense. He's a criminal in these movies, right? Sort of. 
He's he's got a code and a heart of gold. Triple well, X. It's <laughs> see that kind of works. I don't know about the heart of gold, but he he was you know he was a criminal who had some morals. I guess he was a good guy. She is the the family thing hasn't really come into come into play yet. Like I'm four movies in, and the like whole family thing hasn't really hit yet. I still want that last Fast and Furious to loop back into Gone with sixty seconds, and it's his crew versus that crew. <laughs> See, I think that movie came out the same time as Fast and the Furious. One of them turned into one of the most successful franchises of all time. The other one was gone in sixty seconds. Gone, gone, yeah, in, 60 gone in sixty seconds. Oh, there is a shocking amount of continuity and lore built into these. It's a, uh, it is an experience, and I'm glad I'm having it. Yeah. Well, uh, with that said, I suppose we should probably talk about uh, what we got cooking here. Violent Night. Um, let's see. What what should I what should we do first? Should we talk about how we how we watched it. Let's let's go with what it is first. Let's get this out of the way. Yeah. Violent Night was released on December second, two thousand twenty two, and was distributed by Universal Pictures. It was directed by Tommy Workola and written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller. Tommy Workola's other works include 2009's Dead Snow, 2013's Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, and the upcoming Spermageddon a Norwegian computer-animated musical comedy about, quote, a teenage couple having sex for the first time, and Simon the Seaman and his friends in quest for the egg. Violent Night stars <laughs> David Harbour, John Leguizamo, Alex Hassel, Alex Lauder, and Beverly D'Angelo. It tells the story of a little girl who enlists the help of Santa to get her parents back together with the use of a snowblower, Home Alone-inspired pranks, and a Viking hammer. I, <laughs> Karen and I watched this by ourselves because apparently Greg's too good for us now. Uh, he's a very busy and very powerful man. Oh, snap, Greg. You're going to let him talk to you like that? <laughs> Greg, we saved two boxes of candy hearts from uh, the kids' uh, Valentine's that we were planning to give to you when you came over to watch this movie. And then you didn't. The man steals and from children for you, Greg. Steals from those- children. Those candy hearts aren't getting any fresher, Greg. They're still sitting on my counter. Greg, Greg may have been in Ireland with me. That may be an excuse for not coming over. <laughs> no, no, we waited till he was back. It was a couple of nights ago. He said he, oh. had, he, said he had a busy week. <laughs> oh, well, then he's just a loser. <laughs> See, I tried to defend him. Worthless. Absolutely worthless. We rented the movie officially because our nefarious means were out of commission until last night. And I had a bowl of grapes because I've been actually trying very hard to eat better these days. They were good grapes, but not fantastic. And I would have preferred ice cream. Ooh, I didn't do my snack. I watched it on the plane over the, the way the TV was set up. I was actually watching over the bassinet. So like I was watching this really violent movie right over the feet of my eight month old niece. But <laughs> snack wise, of course, you got a couple little airplane bottles of whiskey because it's an airplane ride from Ireland. So what else would you do there? And my little sister, uh, sadly for her, I feel bad. She felt sick, so she didn't eat her food. So I stole her chocolate pudding. So I had extra chocolate pudding because she was just giving that food back to the flight attendant. I'm just like grabbing all the good stuff off her plate. I'm like, yoink, yoink, yoink. There's nothing quite like the joy of watching incredibly violent things in front of babies. Hmm. Like, that's how I watched all of Sons of Anarchy with like little baby John just kind of sleeping next to me. Why not? Yeah, they I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Um, I watched it, and I streamed it. It was on Peacock. Um, 
I kept I kept worrying too because I wanted to wait until we were closer to recording. But like sometimes I'm like, oh, this thing is streaming here, this thing is streaming here, and then when I go to watch it, it's like what? It's so like I kept actually put it in the like up next thing so that I could watch and make sure it was there. So yeah, I watched it on Peacock. Um, I had Christmas cookies and eggnog. Nice. nice. I didn't plates, have sir. that. I'm kidding. Eggnog, the best kind of nog there is. Are there other nogs? Do you think there are? You know do you what? think there's like know. almond nog? Like if you if you're trying to watch your weight. I mean, I would I, look. Uh, I don't think there is, but if there is, I want to try it because eggnog is freaking delicious. And... Almond nog recipe. Oh. It's a real thing. Almond almond milk eggnog. I was almond milk eggnog. I was making that up completely. Yo, it, you ready? I got a pro tip. It would, you ready? It would be a cool name don't for a drink band. Eggnog. You think? <laughs> You think we like, ladies and gentlemen? We are Almanog. Almanog. <laughs> I don't Almanog. Almanogana. No. Listen. Pro tip. Right. For years and years, I was putting nutmeg on top of my eggnog like a sucker. <laughs> Nutmeg's fine and all, but you know what's way better than nutmeg? Pouring it down the drain. <laughs> cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> Use cinnamon on top of the eggnog. It's way better. It's way better. Like. Fuck nutmeg. Nutmeg is dead to me. Hey, it has me thinking. Can I can I try out a beverage related joke on you guys? Absolutely, I, I insist. Okay, I, I, I don't know if this is funny or not, but you guys will be We're honest with find me, out. and you'll tell me. Um, also, the opportunity has arisen for me to make this joke twice, and I have not done it because I've been self conscious about the joke. Um. So, so he, here's my joke, and it it has a see. Here's the thing: it has a very s- specific set of circumstances that have to unfold for you to be able to make the joke. Like it's kind of like the um, like the Beyond Thunderdome joke from Mystery Science Theater, right? Where it's like somebody's got to bring up a Thunderdome, but not the Thunderdome from the movie Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, so that then mm. you can be like, "Can we Can't just we get just get Beyond, Beyond Thunderdome?" Right? So, um. So, like, this has a a similar weird set of parameters. So, you have to be out to dinner with people. Um, Okay. uh, There has to be at least two people other than you uh, ordering, uh, you know, ordering at the table. And you cannot order first for this to happen. Um, Seems easy enough. That's an easy setup. All right. There's still more. There's still more. The, (laughs) the, The person who orders first needs to order an own... An Arnold Palmer. <laughs> we just got way more specific. <laughs> and then... Although, you know what I'm drinking right now? What am I drinking right now, Chris? Drinking Arnold Palmer right now. <laughs> you are? You're drinking yeah. an Arnold Palmer? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, should we try got, it? It's, it's Wawa half should and we, half. It's, but, yeah, yeah. Should, we, should we try the joke? Um, Go ahead. Wait. All right. No. I I guess I, I should... I should so let me let me keep going. So so the the first person has to order an Arnold Palmer, and then it's contingent on the other person at the table not knowing what an Arnold Palmer is. So like the first person, has I'll to have s- an Arnold Arnold Palmer. What's right. an Arnold Palmer? Right. So so then the 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 first person or the waiter or something needs to explain what an Arnold Palmer is. Right. Well, it's half lemonade and half iced tea, sometimes with some vodka. Then it would be my turn to order. I would say. I'll have an Arnold Drummond. What's an Arnold Drummond? It's a quarter iced tea and a quarter lemonade. 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. Drummond from different strokes. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Coleman, who played Arnold Drummond from different strokes. So it's instead of half lemonade and half iced tea, it's a quarter lemonade and a quarter iced tea. And then if someone's like, he's short? Yeah, like what happens with the other half? You're like, leave it empty. <laughs> so you're, you're you're saying it it doesn't work is what you're telling me. I I think you're I think you're real I think you're right there you're close, <laughs> but I, there's something's missing. I don't know what it is. It's not quite there. It needs needs workshopping. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's meet let's between now on. and next time, and we'll workshop the joke, and then we can do it next time on the podcast. It's an Arnold Palmer in a short glass. Yeah, or like in a, in the, I was going to say, it's half an Arnold Palmer. It's half an Arnold Palmer. But like, you know, that's still kind of, it's still kind of like, you know, out of the box, right? You're not. Well, it's half the size of Arnold, Arnold Palmer. I don't know. It's, you're not, yeah. I see where you're going. But see, if you say a quarter lemonade and a quarter iced tea, then you've done that with math. But see, now you're making me do math to, to, so to, to get you. the joke. You know what I mean? And well, I if, think that's the best you, part of it. You do the math, you get the joke, and then you laugh. Unless you don't know different strokes. Right, in which case the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> this think- has happened to you? This, this setup happened twice now? Yes, it has happened twice. And each time I'm like, should I do it? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's funny. And then Listen, I, don't, I don't do it. I don't know that that's a great joke, but if that very specific scenario presents, it to you, presents itself to you a third time, that's the universe saying go for it. You just go ahead and do it. You have to tell this joke. Laughs or no laughs, you just do it. Cause... All right. I'll let you know how it turns out. All right. All right, well, uh, Violent Night. I-, I thought it was great. Really? I have Yeah, I-, I loved it. I didn't have that many notes, except for, like, Beverly D'Angelo is unrecognizable. I picked it up because of her voice. Like, she was talking, and I was like, is that the mom from Christmas Vacation? And Karen's like, no, that's not Beverly D'Angelo. And she looked at it, I was like, holy shit, that is Beverly D'Angelo. That was the mom from Christmas Vacation? Yes. yes. She looks unrecognizable, but if you listen to her, like, because I was the, looking the, away. The main mom, like the, the main, old lady. The mean, yeah, the mean lady, the, the rich lady, yeah. Gertrude. Yeah. Oh, gosh. If you I listen gotta... to her, you, you can hear it. She's I much it raspier now, but yeah. like, yeah. No, I thought it was a, I mean, I laughed so hard during the violent bits, um, and uh, I was kind of confused by how much it genuinely was a Christmas movie with all the, like, you know, parents getting back together kind of thing. Like, it took itself a little more seriously than I expected sometimes. But, God, the action sequences were fantastic. When he's sewing himself up with a a ornament hook. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. There, there, was, there was a lot of things I liked. There was a couple things I was like, it seemed like... I felt like two or three things were missed. Like, I mean, one that really stuck out to me, and I, I'm nitpicking a little bit. I enjoyed it too. I, I, I liked it. I agree. It's some, I think almost, I'm going to say as as a negative, it would sometimes lose its train of thought. Like, what kind of movie am I watching? Because it mm-hmm. would 
hit those Christmas notes in a way that was like, I thought we were being ridiculous. And now you've got like the bad family learning a lesson and coming around. And it's like, do we have to do this? Yeah, you're like, trying to be a little too endearing. Yeah. You, we're, we're past endearing. You, you, you know, you just split a man in half going up a chimney. We just got to, we just got to roll on here. <laughs> the, uh, a couple things that seemed awkward that I'm thinking like there was a director's cut or something. Like, why did he get the hammer at the end? I understand Mrs. Claus sent it to him and that was nice of her. But like, why did the movie take the time to present him with his wonderful weapon after everybody was dead and he never used it? Like, why did why did Skullcrusher, is that what it was called, I, show up then? I, Skullcrusher. I did like it that they made a backstory for Santa that he had a hammer called skull crusher like i don't know why that made me happy but <laughs> it, it made did. it made me giggle too i liked how he like they didn't really need to explain the magic because he didn't get it either so i thought that was pretty that was that was a pretty fun way of getting around it that but was it, that was great too but that's another point where i'm like i bet you there's a director's cut because like they started to give us this backstory and he had like these flashes back and maybe it doesn't have to if it's not going to take itself serious and just go for the splitting a man in half going up the chimney feel. But like they never connected the backstory. Like they never told me why he stopped being murdery Viking guy, got magical powers and started giving gifts to kids. And I know it's not important, but it's like they started telling the backstory and then and just they told stopped. the front of the story and they told the back of the story and they never threaded them together for me. They, they're saving that for part two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Violet Night Two, Jingle All the Way. The the stuff about um, the stuff about it being Christmas magic and he doesn't know how it works. Um, I, I mean, I think David Harbor sold that. Like, like, hundred oh, percent. Like, uh, like, I think it. I think it needed to hinge on you suspending your disbelief, and I think David Harbor was like j just sort of fun and wonderful enough that it made you it made you really buy into that he didn't know how it works you know that he's like i don't you know it's, it's magic i don't know how it works yeah he was pitch perfect in this oh yeah he was just spectacular spot spot the hell on honestly the 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 whole cast was pretty well put together i did think that it was gonna go a somewhat santa Clausy route where like i thought by the end of it david harbour was gonna die and uh John Leguizamo was going to have to take over as Santa Claus. That, because that thought I did, did the whole thing about too. him. He used to be a bad guy, and now he's not. And like, But I'm kind of glad they didn't, because John Leguizamo was awful. Mm -hmm. I was sure that somebody was going in that bag. Yeah, me too. Right? Yeah. Like, I was sure someone was just going to end up in there, and like <laughs> he was going to be like, I don't know, man. I don't think he's coming out. Like, just, that's it. That guy's gone. I don't, I don't know. Never happened before. Seems bad. His relationship with the reindeer cracked me up. That was uh, that was very funny. I could have used a little more of that. Yeah, me too. I it was great at the beginning, and then at the very end, a little bit more in the middle wouldn't have been terrible. The uh, yeah, that was. I I agree with Sean that they, it it had a hard time deciding what it was. Um, I liked well, that it tried to also be a Christmas movie with those like the good feels in there. I liked that a lot. Um, I well, just think it could have balanced itself a little bit better. Chris, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. I, I mean, I so all right. I didn't I didn't hate this movie. Like there was some stuff I liked about it, but I think overall I didn't love it. I mean, it was just Die Hard, but with Santa Claus. 
Like, I thought it was a little bit lazy. I mean... I mean, it was Die Hard with Santa Claus. Yeah, Certainly, I mean, it had I, that feel. It, yeah, doubt. I feel like it wore the laziness on its sleeve there, and I was fine with that because it was so goddamn entertaining with the, it, yeah, the, the kills and everything. It was... I mean, it referenced a lot of other Christmas movies. Um, I mean... Uh, <laughs> the Home uh, Alone kills. Yeah, the Home Alone... No, this is was, what would actually happen to a person if you did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, that, there was that whole Home Alone <laughs> sequence... <laughs> Um, part of me felt like a little bit of that sequence referenced Christmas Vacation, too, because I feel like there is a part of Christmas Vacation where Chevy Chase is hiding in the attic. Um, I know that's not totally like I, I guess I just thought of it because she was in the attic. Um, uh, certainly Beverly D'Angelo tying it to Christmas Vacation was a mm-hmm. nod to that movie. Um, it's it was a little bit bad Santa because. You know, in the beginning, he's drinking and peeing off the the sleigh and like and vomiting on the lady. Yeah. The vomit on the lady was hysterical. Oh, but was so like, gross. God, that was so good because like it's that magical moment of seeing Santa fly and you could see it in that actress's eyes and she did a great job. Like, yeah, she sold me that expression and then just covered in it. So just brilliant. I think if they had done a nod to Die Hard, like they did a nod to these other movies. You know, I would have liked it better, but I I felt like I felt like beat for beat it was die hard. Like I felt like the 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 scene structure of the movie was all right, Santa Claus is John McClane, John Leguizamo is Hans Gruber, uh they are in a hostage situation, you know, where they get into the vault. Yeah, they're yeah, even to the point where they're trying to get into the vault. And then I think even down to the end, it was a little bit die hard because like in Die Hard, McLean lets him lets him go when he falls, and in you know, you know, lets Han Gruber go when he falls. And in this movie, it came down to, you know, Santa Claus and John Leguizamo, and he does that thing where he goes up the chimney you know sucks like, him oh, up the chimney and then and then when you think the main bad guy's dead the secondary bad guy pops up and has to get shot by somebody else mm-hmm. right I, that all just seemed very yeah. intentional to me like I, I don't know i mean i guess they didn't flat out say any of it but it all just seemed like pretty intentionally on the nose like it was supposed to be kind of playing off of that but i don't know I, that's I, how i read it I, I don't or know. The whole damn thing is completely And maybe ridiculous. that's why Beverly D'Angelo was there, right? Like, some of the Christmas stuff, like the Home Alone thing, the kid watches it at the beginning. Okay, mm-hmm. great. You, you, you just brought us into that. You fed that one to us. Fine. But then maybe just having her there is like, and no, we know we're referencing a bunch of other Christmas crap, and that's why we chose her as the actress for the mom. At a certain point, um, it was when they first got to... The, the house, the mansion, whatever, Beverly D'Angelo's house, and the security guard lets them in. You know, there's this this black security guard at the door, and they go, thanks, Al. And I was like, oh my god, is this even referencing Die Hard in this way? Like, is he going to be like <laughs> Reginald Bell Johnson? He's going to be like Al Powell and help him from the outside? But then that guy died pretty quick. He did. He, that was a bummer. He did not help anybody. No. But they did name the slightly overweight black man Al. And again, I, I think it probably was intentional. That's that's how I read it. I, I read the whole thing. is just com- like they weren't trying to hide any of that. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I like I said, I didn't hate it and um and and certainly David Harbour was great and I mean, I think the thing I loved the most about it was the relationship with David Harbour and the little girl. Like they they were great together and his I, I don't know, the sort of like endearing turns that he had with her, I thought were I I think was one of the most enjoyable things about the movie to me. So I like that. I think I could laugh at the fact that this was a, a violent um, hostage movie with Santa. But then I think if I'm talking about what it, what it adds to things as far as like a Christmas classic, like, all right, well then just go watch Die Hard. Like, don't watch this, you know, or go watch home alone. Like, I don't like, this, I, I didn't feel like this gave me anything lasting that I would want to go back to. But what if, what if you forgot that it was Christmas time and it's December 24th at 10 p.m. and you haven't done any Christmasing? This is your shot. You get, you watch this, you get like nine Christmas movies in and one. Done. Good to go. I, I almost feel like somebody made this movie because they were listening to an argument about somebody saying that Die Hard wasn't a Christmas movie. And that they were like, well, I'll just make it a Christmas movie. I'll make the same goddamn movie, but with Santa Claus. Then it'll be a Christmas movie. You know, like, I feel like this was a a dare. (laughs) I I dare you to make Die Hard more of a Christmas movie. (laughs) Yeah, the the impetus behind this movie certainly seems uh, interesting to me. Um, We were both very, but Karen and I were very entertained by it. We thought it was hilarious. Um, I liked all of the, um, the action sequences really what, what got me like, I liked him and the little girl just fine, but it was for me personally, it was just all about the action sequences. I just couldn't wait for the next big dopey murdery rage game. I just couldn't (laughs) wait. I thought it was great. Um, I don't know how often I'm going to rewatch it. Uh, you know, Karen, Karen thought it was an instant classic. uh, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It was uh, I, I. I had a blast. I really did. I, I had an absolute blast with this movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I agree that the the action scenes were great. The you know you know what I was surprised there wasn't more corny one liners like there, which I enjoyed the ones that were there. Uh, it seems like the kind of movie that just lends itself to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And, and don't get me wrong, you can overdo it with those two to the point where you're just like, oh, for God's sakes. But in a in a movie like this, I don't know. I think they could have thrown some more of those in too and gotten away with it. Yeah, it could have. I felt like it could have leaned a little bit more into the absurd. That was that was really my thing with it. I feel like I would have liked it if it leaned a little bit more into the absurd. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I think that's how I felt too. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else I had to say about it. Um, I mean, I thought the whole family there was pleasantly dysfunctional um i thought they painted a really interesting picture of like sort of her being the matriarch and then all of the the um shittiness between all of them that you uh that you wanted you know that you wanted him to be able to get out um so i thought the thought the family dynamic was really good um uh yeah, I mean David Harbor was great. Um 
it, it was it was so funny too because when the thing started, um, and he's in that bar, uh, and that scene in the the bar in the beginning was great with the other Santa like. You know, being like, yeah, like, you know, tell me about your thing, you know, and he's just like, ah, these ingrateful little shits, you know, like he goes down this whole like self-deprecating thing and you're <laughs> like, and then in a certain, like, if, at first I was kind of like, oh, like this kind of feels like bad Santa. And then I'm like, is he actually going to be Santa? You know, so I, I, I think the way that it was set up in the beginning was really fun. Um but then again, like I feel like if you want to watch a movie like that, there's already one that exists, and it's Bad Santa, um, which is also very funny because Billy Bob Thornton is very funny, and he's funny with that kid that he's paired with in the movie. Whereas, you know, in this movie, I think more of it hinged on David Harbour to be funny. Yeah. Oh, I think that kid in Bad Santa absolutely sells that movie. Yeah. I, I don't think that works without that kid. Oh, I agree. See that one. You never saw Bad Santa? I did not. Oh, it's funny. It's it's worth the watch. It's a good that, Christmas movie. It's also a Christmas classic. That one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking at my notes here. Let's see what else do I have. I wrote down. Um, that was it. That was all I wrote down. <laughs> Karen said it was an instant classic. Uh, yeah, it was about. Yeah, as I was about watching, it. I was like, I don't have much to say about this other than, again, I, I, I think I had one or two other notes I made myself about, like just parts where I feel like, I feel like there, there's a better edit of this movie floating around, because mm-hmm. um, it's like it, it almost did something, and then like just like the the bag and the the backstory on Santa, and there was then the hammer showing up for no reason at the end, and then like. What, and they came with his spare sack. Did he even use the spare sack? Why was the spare sack there? I think that was just the joke. Like, that was it. It was just a joke that he had a spare sack, I guess. I don't know. Or how else was he going to deliver toys to all the kids if he didn't have a spare sack? Like, it wasn't, it didn't seem all that well thought out. And I was, I was, I was, I was perfectly okay with the <laughs> fact that it just, the whole thing didn't seem well thought out. It seemed like we have this idea. We want David Harbour to be a violent Santa Claus. Let's just basically do that everybody just show up and do it all right <laughs> just we, show up and we do gotta this. hold your hand and spoon feed this to you just come on you're all actors just you know you I'll pick just, up a gun you put on a santa cl- costume we'll just do it it'll be it's fun. just excuse after excuse to get into these situations where david harbour could could kill people in hilarious uh santa related ways right right yeah and his his um like his very genuine answers to them as Santa Claus and them being completely befuddled by it was I think another thing that was kind of great about it like um uh I I'm having a hard time finding some of the examples of it but I think it was when they like threw the bag in the fire and he's like what about all the children <laughs> you know and they're like what is up with this guy it was a weird freaking movie man yeah he 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 was and you know great. what everybody rolled with magic a little bit there too like the guy just kept pulling the gifts out of the bag. He's like, huh? I don't know. This is a little weird. A little weird, motherfucker. A little weird. <laughs> this is more than a little weird. And then, like, he goes up the chimney, and the girl's like, I, I think it might be Santa. And Leguizamo's like, it's not Santa. Shut up. What do you yeah. mean? You just watch him magically go up a chimney. I think at one point when they're pulling all the stuff out of the bag, somebody was like, why would he bring this? <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Yeah, I mean, he he was great. I just feel like I just feel like there's a lot of other great Christmas movies that you could watch if you want to scratch the itch that this, you know, this movie was was thrown at you. That's all. <laughs> I I honestly with the I mean the action sequences I feel like you just don't get anywhere else. Like with the you know, the sharpened candy cane and oh. when he finally gets the hammer, I was so happy. But yeah, I mean, oh, like, and then he turns on the light and cooks the guy after stabbing him with oh, the star. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, that was so great. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of gem moments. Yeah, and and that's that's really where the movie shined for me. All the other stuff, like everything that wasn't just him being ridiculous and overtly violent, was like not. It, it was fine. I was enjoying myself well enough. I I I'll watch, let's watch David Harbor read the phone book, but uh. It was the action sequences that really put it over the top for me. I, I was I had such a good time watching it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I I mean, I, uh, I, I yeah, I agree with both of you to some extent. I I enjoyed the movie. I would watch it again. Uh, I'm gonna watch it at Christmas time from now on. It it makes my list. Is it a top ten? No, I can no. think of ten better Christmas movies, mo- most of which Paul has already said. Um, but I think it's good enough that you know, in December uh, I'm gonna give it a run back through. All right, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I I think well said, Sean. I'll just say that. Well said. Yeah, it's it's going to make its way into my Christmas rotation, you know, maybe not every year, but like at least every other year. All right. All well, right. that was yeah, that, I, that was that was short, short. And sweet. And, yeah. Yeah. I suppose we covered that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's time for us to to do our votes to oh. find out what we're watching for the the letter W. Uh, so, uh, I get, I'll go first. I've had this, I've had this one planned for, you know, since we started this thing, once we figured out we were doing the alphabet, I knew I was going to do for, for W it's one of my favorite movies. I don't know if it's legitimately a good movie or not. See, I have it wrapped up in my head that it's a legitimately very good movie, not great, but at least solid because I love this movie so much. And that is the, basically the super Mario brothers three commercial, the wizard, Fred Savage. Love this movie with all my heart, and I haven't watched it with another. I haven't, I haven't spoken to too many other adults outside of my extremely nerdy video game circles to to see this movie. So I don't know if it's actually terrible. I think it's a pretty solid flick. I have not seen that movie in uh, thirty years, uh, twenty years. Some I I was like a teenager when I saw that last. Like I remember bits. I, I really don't remember if it was good or bad. I should have uh, known you were going to pick that movie. Yeah, <laughs> just seen that coming. Yeah, I I think about that movie a lot. Like, uh, like every time That's I play Mario right, three, I think about that movie. Um, uh, any any time I ever think about that power glove thing, I think about that movie. Like, oh yeah, anybody anybody would. It's so bad. There's right. a young Tobey Maguire in this movie for like a split second. I could, I could be, I could be, I could be excited about that movie. I, I'm always excited to watch The Wizard. I own it on several formats. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll go next. Uh, I know what I should have done, and I'm not, I'm not doing it, but I'm going to say it because my brother-in-law references this, this movie that I'm not picking constantly, and I can't reference it. And it's Wayne's World Two. I'm not picking that, but I should have. Because he quotes it all the time. And I can quote the first one pretty handily. And I've seen the second one, but 
not well enough to quote it. I'm always missing the quote. So I, I should be picking that, but I'm not. I'm picking a different sequel. Uh, a, a sequel with a little less fanfare, a little less uh, gravitas. But uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, and I just re- recently rewatched the first one, and I showed someone who had never seen the first one the first one. So I'm like, you know what? It's time for Weekend at Bernie's 2. Oh, oh wow. Could it? I, I would I don't I don't know that I've ever seen Weekend at Bernie's too, but Weekend at Bernie's is amazing. Like Oh, you've never oh, seen you've the second see one? Weekend, they, they, oh, they, there's voodoo uh, involved. There's voodoo. I don't, yeah, I don't want I don't want to spoil <laughs> yeah. it, but it's it's, it's they were something. like they were they were dead set. They were like, We're gonna make a sequel to this movie. And everyone's like, How are you gonna make a sequel to this movie? <laughs> we're doing it. Oh, we're gonna do it. Oh, we're, we're gonna figure this it. shit out, we're gonna make it happen. Maybe I have seen it. I remember the voodoo. Uh I don't know. I just, the the first one is so good, and um, I mean that that guy that is Bernie, like that guy is underappreciated. Like, yeah, like, that guy. I was just thinking that, especially in the second one, because I think that if I remember correctly, and it's been a while since I've seen it, it has to do with like calypso music playing, makes and him I, dance, and makes stuff, him dance, and, yeah. and I think it's dead bot. Like he's playing a dead body being possessed by the sound of calypso music, and I think he sells it. I got to rewatch it now to be sure, but I think he sells it. And that's that's acting. That is yeah. Marceau, Mar- Marcel Marceau levels of body control. I'm not saying that guy's name right, but you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. yeah. All right. I could be very excited about that, too. Um, wow. All right. I feel like... Uh, hmm, all right. Um, I don't think my picks are going to be anything like yours. Um, uh, <laughs> and you guys both have solid picks. Um, I was... Is it cheating if I ask us to do like a pre-vote vote? Like if I'm down between two things and I I ask you which thing is a better thing? Go with the go with the. We both went lighthearted. Go with the more serious of your two. Follow your heart, Paul. Um. Okay. Uh, let me. I'm gonna, all right. I'm gonna follow my heart. So here's what I think. So I had been saying when uh, when we. When we ch- when we did our you movie and we did the Untouchables, I had said that this is gonna piss my wife off because she hates Costner, um, and uh, and that I would make it up to her later in the alphabet. So, um, so both of her favorite movies, sorry, one of her favorite movies starts with the letter W. Initially. I was not thinking of doing this. I had a W movie picked out. The the W movie that I, that I initially had picked out is What About Bob? Because oh, classic, classic I th- comedy. I think that movie is very funny. I realized this would have been cruel and unusual for her because she hates this movie. Um, uh, I think Bob reminds her of somebody and like she she cannot get through that movie and not get agitated and then i thought about it and i was like you know we did a somewhat unsuccessful bill murray movie earlier in the alphabet that i proposed i was like let me not choose what about bob um there are people that just have violent reactions to what about bob there was a guy that i went to college with and he was like i can't watch it i just feel so upset for richard dreyfus and I was like, I'm, I mean, Bob is, is horrible. <laughs> yeah. So my sister, my little sister and her husband absolutely love that. I think they'll tell you it's his Bill Murray's best work, which I love the movie. It's a great movie, but I think it's like 
fourth or fifth in line. Like I, I, I take a couple of his other movies over it. I quote I, it a lot. I'm good. always, so I'm always they. like, yeah. baby steps to the hall, baby, ste- <laughs> baby steps down the stairs. I, He's I, always I, here. <laughs> I, I like the movie oh a lot, but um, oh, it's great. Movie. It's great. Love that. But movie. get out that, of the car. That should not be my pick because um, I don't want to torture her. So um. So, Sherry's favorite movie starts with the letter W. Um, her favorite movie is Waitress. Um, and if you... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you if you don't know that movie, um, uh, Carrie Russell, Nathan Fillion, um, and... Uh, and I, uh, who's the... Jeremy Sisto is, is Carrie Russell's, like, um, abusive Right, right, husband. right. I forgot... I forgot our Lord and Savior Jeremy Sisters. <laughs> yeah, so um she she gets pregnant, she wants out of that marriage, and she meets Nathan Fillion, the doctor. Um and uh Hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensues. Um one of the best parts of the movie is the other women that she works with at the diner. Um and it's probably we probably couldn't do this movie without addressing this. Um Adrian Shelley, who plays one of the other women at the diner, uh the other waitresses, wrote and directed the movie no or maybe she just wrote it she definitely wrote the movie maybe directed it and she was one of those those parts and between when she made the movie and when it was released she was tragically murdered um so what? uh it's a little it took a weird left turn yeah it'd probably be a little hard to talk about the movie without talking about that um but then also like the movie has gone on to become a musical and other things so um, fantastic um, musical waitress Karen is, and i went to go see that it was amazing oh that's awesome i would love <laughs> to see it oh it's so good i took her for a if it was like one an anniversary date or something i got her tickets to go see it on broadway and it is phenomenal because we both loved this movie we saw it a long time ago it was really good yeah so that's her favorite movie but then i was thinking maybe Instead of that, I should choose Welcome to a Doll's House, which she also likes a lot, but it's not her favorite movie. But I feel like that movie is more like quirky and weird and that we might get more mileage out of it in the podcast. Um, So I just don't know which direction to go. So I don't know either of those movies, like not even like sort of. I think I've seen Welcome to the Dollhouse. Welcome to the I don't know either. Welcome to a Doll's House is a indie, indie movie, and it's very mid nineties. It's like a, it's like Wait, a. Is teenage... it Welcome to a Doll's House or Welcome to the Dollhouse? Because well, Welcome to the Dollhouse is the one that I know. Hang on, stand by. Yeah, he's talking about Welcome to the Dollhouse. That's mid nineties. Yeah, it's indie a ninety five indie movie. Yeah. yeah. Welcome God, to the Doll's House, nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a it's a high school girl um very very like weird. It like it it feels a little bit like um like Adventures of Pete and Pete where there's like weird surreal things that happen to this girl um but it's definitely like a like a high school quirky kind of thing. So Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know either of these movies, so um, I actually know both of those movies. Go figure. <laughs> which one you seemed excited about me doing about waitress being the pick. I mean, if I personally, I liked waitress uh, because Karen and I, you know, we had a connection to the musical. We saw the movie a long time ago. I haven't seen the movie since before I saw the musical, which again was quite a long time ago. So it'd be pretty neat to see that again, uh, 
the non-musical flavored version of it, I guess. Um, I guess if I had to choose between those two, I'd go with Waitress, but well, I guess now, we'll see where the where the ultimate voting lands. Now I feel like I'm I want to watch. The, I want to watch the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go with Waitress as my pick. Okay. All right, so we're choosing between the wizard, Weekend at Bernie's Two, or Waitress. Yes. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Nobody voted for the wizard. I'm just gonna have to watch that shit on my own. <laughs> I thought so for everybody out in podcast land who can't see our text, Weekend at Bernie's Two is the champion. I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm stoked to watch this movie again. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I think ah, we. Really I think we just. Wizard. I think we kind of just rock paper scissors each other right there. I think. <laughs> I think I thought. I think I thought for sure that Chris was going to do Waitress, so I picked Weekend at Bernie's 2, hoping Sean would do The Wizard and we'd have a stalemate. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was angling for Greg to get involved. I don't know. I uh, you want Greg involved? Yeah, I might have thrown the... I might have thrown the... <laughs> oh, oh let, me, let me tell you a little bit about Greg's decision-making. <laughs> Real quick, Greg's story. That's right. Embarrass Greg. We go to Ireland, right? Invite him to come with my family to Ireland. Like, come be part of my family. Come to Ireland. Great. He goes. We go to Ireland. His mom texts him a whole bunch before he goes. She's like, we're Irish. Blah, 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 blah. Sends him a bunch of texts that he only half reads because that's what you do with mom texts. I get that to some extent. We go to Ireland. We have a lovely time. We go to this bar called Doyle's. My last name's Doyle's. Well, Doyle. We stand out in front. Greg takes our picture. All the Doyles standing in front of Doyle's bar in Temple, uh, in a Temple Bar area, right outside Trinity College. Great. We come home. We come home, and then it clicks to Greg. Wait a second. Doyle, Temple Bar, Trinity College. He looks at the text from his mom again, and it's like, "My uncle owns Doyle's." At Temple Bar and Trinity College, if you go there. And if you've ever been to Ireland, you know, you only need the vaguest of connections. We had like second and third cousins come out there like, oh, cousins from America. And they come out and drink with you and buy your, you know, buy the next round. Like the Irish are just looking for an excuse to come out and talk to you. His mom's uncle owned the bar we were hanging at and he didn't <laughs> didn't say a word. The people at the bar gave us a bunch of free shirts and stuff just because our last name was Doyle. They were like, here you go, here's a free hat, here's a shirt, and, here's that. and they were talking to us. We didn't even know those people. His mom's <laughs> uncle owns the bar. Nothing. Nothing at all. Well, you know what your real, pro- real problem is? You're not related to Madonna. That I'm he knows of. <laughs> That's the real issue. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we've, we've made our decision. Weekend at Bernie's 2. I'm very sad that we're not watching The Wizard. Our fates are sealed. Our fates are sealed. But I'm very excited to watch Weekend at Bernie's. So I I am obviously also going to watch Weekend at Bernie's one before I watch two. Yeah, I just, do think I need a refresher just to make sure we don't miss any important plot points. I mean <laughs> Yeah. I mean I think I think we all know what happens, but I'm gonna watch it anyway. Just wanna make sure I have the through line, you know? Uh-huh. Was there a third one? God, if there I was, I was unaware of it. I wish. I feel like there was some sort of other piece of weekend at bernie's mythos that i uh, yeah no nope, i was i'm wrong yeah it's just the one just one and two what a what a shame hey it really we, should have been a f- we, trilogy we, 
We might have the the bumper in Berlin effect where we're going to do the podcast and then they're going to make a third one. So see what happens. <laughs> I think they need to complete this trilogy. I mean, obviously, it's screaming for it. How decomposed would he have to be? This. Oh God. <laughs> absolutely amazing all right well there you go there you have it it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time raising the dead all right that's our show um thanks for listening everybody a theater near you is a part of the geekade podcast network and if you'd like to get in touch with us to share your comments movie suggestions or whatever you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com we can also be found on social media outlets uh an official geekade discord server all of which can be found in our show notes if you'd like early access to this podcast and several others on the geekade podcast network check out the geekade patreon link in the show notes it helps keep this show running and our site shiny and clean thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time in a theater near you Ho, ho, ho! Season's greetings.